0: reading is from 1 John 4 verses 7 to 11 and then continuing chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. 1 John 4 verses 7 to 11. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Carrying on, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: And thank you, Morag, who I'm sure will be watching uh, online now. And uh, just a reminder, uh, we're very happy to uh, have those uh, contribute to our service uh, still via that recorded medium if you're still not ready to come back uh, to church but you would normally have led prayers or done a reading we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to be a part of that uh, still because we've emphasized it less as more of you have been coming back to the building but it is still true that we are one in Christ Jesus whether we're out there or in here. We're one family together. Now this week, as last week, we're continuing, uh, not by looking in detail at one particular passage, but by considering the great themes of John's first letter. And of course, the great themes of John's first letter, let me put that up there, I don't think that works brilliantly on the camera, but you can see it in church, uh, are these two statements about who God is. God is light and God is love. They're the two things that John wants his readers to be reminded about who God is. Remember, John's writing to people who are already Christians, but they've begun uh, to doubt. Their divisions have come in their church. They've become quite unsettled in the faith that they once had. And John says to them, this is what you can anchor yourself to. God is light. God is love and we see both of those truths come together in Jesus Christ so let's pray for God's help now as we do just that Heavenly Father thank you that you are both light and love and we thank you that we see those truths fully in Jesus who is your love who is your light and we pray now Heavenly Father that by your Holy Spirit you might so open our eyes to see the light And warm our hearts to trust in your love, that we may have a confident faith in Jesus that is lived out in love and in obedience to your word. We ask this, Father, that you may be glorified among us here today and forever. Amen. So as I say our main uh, headings here God is light, God is love Uh, If you weren't here uh, last week uh, then uh, let me just remind you uh, God is light, what does that mean? It means that God is truth and so we open our eyes to his word that focuses on his son Jesus It means His holiness so we confess our darkness and we ask for God's help to walk in the light of Jesus as we follow him Now God is love has two main meanings. It means, first of all, that this is God's love for us. He is love, and we see that love in the cross where Jesus died. But it also means, because God is love, that if we say we know God, and if we believe in Jesus, then we do, and that is what we do say, well, then our lives need to show some evidence of that, evidence of love a love that is shaped by the cross. So can you see that those are two really different things and yet they can never be separated. God's love for us, coming down out of heaven in Jesus, dying on the cross, that's where we see his love for us and our love for him, as it were, rising up in response, shaped by the cross where he has loved us. You see, often I think uh, we can start thinking about God's love with our response to him. And that's not a wrong thing. But actually, if we want to think about God's love as a whole, it's not the right place to begin. Remember, Jesus was once asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? We often think of these words in our church services. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And he said... To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You can read that in Matthew chapter 22. But notice that Jesus is answering a question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Let's hold that question for a moment because I want to pull it back and think about uh, what might be the equivalent in our families. You see, if I was to ask you, especially those of you who are Christians and those of you who read your Bibles and who are teaching your children the ways of God, what is the most important commandment out of the ten for family life? Well, you can't say anything because we're in COVID, but you can hold up the number of fingers as to which commandment would be the most important one for family life. Let's see how many of you know your 10 commandments. Yes, number five over here and over there. That's good. Uh, I think more of you need to reread the 10 commandments. There we go. We've got a few more. Yes, the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So the most important of the Ten Commandments in family life is the Fifth Commandment. Honour your father and mother. I know it sounds a bit old-fashioned these days, but it's God's word, and believe me, it's still true, and it still works. But if I was to ask you, is that the most important truth about family life? I don't think you'd give me the same answer. I hope you wouldn't, actually, because the most important truth about family life It's not teaching our children to honor us as their parents, but rather it's our love for our children. That's the bedrock of family life. Not me telling my children that they ought to obey me, but me loving them as their father. That's my job. That's the job God's given me, to love my children. And it's as I love them that Part of that loving them is teaching them that they ought to honour their mother and their father because that pleases the Lord. Also we come back to that question that Jesus was asked. He was asked what's the greatest commandment and he gave the answer, that we love God. But the greatest truth, and I think if Jesus had been asked this question he would have given a different answer and certainly on the basis of what John his apostle says we can say this with some confidence, the greatest truth in the Bible It's not his command that we love him, but rather that he has loved us. That's what John says, and it was part of the reading that Morag read for us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That's Christmas. Jesus came down as God's gift to humankind. He sent his one and only son into the world. That as we received him, as we believed in him, so we would become God's children ourselves. But the heart of God's love is there in that next verse. This is love, John says, not that we loved God. Do you hear that? That's not where we begin. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the one who would turn aside his wrath, taking away our sins, or the atoning sacrifice it's difficult to translate that word but it, it means Jesus is the one who turns away all of God's anger against us because of our sins so that we can be accepted into his family as loved daughters and sons of God so we know and rely, John says on the love that God has for us God is love so friends, let me ask you that question this morning. Do you know and rely on the love that God has for you? Or are you still thinking, I've really got to do better at loving God and obeying what the Bible says and loving other people. Otherwise, God might not accept me because I'm not good enough. If you're thinking like that, you haven't yet grasped how great is God's love for you. He loves you before he commands you to love him this is love not that we love God but that he loved us this is the way we can find a clear conscience a joy in our hearts a spring in our step knowing that we are accepted by God not because of who we are who we are our failures every day we confess our sins Every day we muck it up in family life, let alone in any of the rest of our responsibilities. So what business have we skipping down the road saying I am free and God loves me because Jesus took away all my sins at the cross, all the ones I've ever committed, all the things that are going wrong in my mind even now, all the sins I'll commit tomorrow, all nailed to the tree. That's how much he loves me. And as we know and rely on the love he has for us, We know he is love and we have freedom in his presence. God's love for us must come first. It is the bedrock of our family life as God's people together. Well, that's the bedrock, but on that bedrock we build. We build that response and that response is love-shaped. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love Jesus, uh, John says God is loved twice, uh, one emphasizing his love for us, but in this passage, in this verse, verse 8 of chapter 4, emphasizing that we need to respond to that love in love. And that's where we're ready to hear the greatest commandment. You know that God loves you? Well, now you need to love God. How do we love God? With, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. John means, Jesus means We really are to love God. Sometimes we can be quite um, sort of cerebral. We just think it's about our minds. Well, minds are important. We love God with our minds, but we love God with our hearts as well. We feel love for God. We love him with our soul. A soul is a, a word that means the whole of life. There's no part of our lives in which we don't love God, and if there is, it needs to be claimed by him. And yes, loving God with our minds, that every thought we think we want to bring to our loving God, that it may be an expression of our loving response to him. That's what Jesus means. John focuses more on what that looks like in practice. Well, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another see, John is very scathing in what he says. Uh, you say you love God but don't love your brothers and sisters? Well, how can you claim to love God whom you haven't seen if you don't love the ones that you can see around you? It's very practical, isn't it? Do you love God? Wonderful. Now let me see it in the way that you love for your sisters and brothers right here in this congregation, in this church family. Because if we don't love one another... Well, then John says we don't really love God. But if we want to show that God's love is real, the best way we can do that after telling people about God's love is to show it to one another. This is how all people will know that you're my disciples, Jesus said, that you love one another, that you forgive one another, that you serve one another, that you bear with one another over the decades with all your annoyances and idiosyncrasies. That you're patient and kind and long-suffering and endlessly forgiving. That you love one another. Well, you love God? Wonderful. Now let me see it, John says. Love one another. That's what Jesus himself said. It's inscribed on our war memorial. It's shaped by the cross. Who, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said that the day before he died. Of course he was talking about himself. That's how we know God loves us because Jesus died for us. But can't you see it also shapes how we live as those who trust the God who loves us? We have no greater love than that we lay down our lives for our friends, for our sisters and brothers in Christ. And it also means, John says, obedience to God's word. This is love for God to obey his commands. Jesus said the same thing. If you love me, you will obey What I command. And again it's shaped by the cross. Remember as Jesus goes to the cross, he prays, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Jesus loved his father, and that meant he went to the cross. He pursued obedience, even at incredible cost. Well, so for us, do we love God? Well, then let's love one another, but also we must obey the word of God, not at the parts where we find it easy to believe or obey but precisely at that, those points where we struggle inwardly or our culture tells us that obedience here is foolish or even wicked that's where obedience will be tested so we have this three-legged school, stool what happens if you saw off one of the legs of a, of a three-legged stool is it still a comfortable seat not really there's a there's a three-legged uh, chair out in the church extension where one of the legs has fallen off if you sit on one corner you can still sort of keep it upright you can't really do that with a three-legged stool once one leg is gone you're off and on the floor you see we need to hold together our love for God heart and soul and mind loving one another obeying his commands because the danger is often that we saw off one leg you see some people Soar off love for God. And they think, as long as I try hard to be kind to people and try and obey the Bible, I'll be all right. But that's just traditionalism. There's no confidence in that at all. It's not really Christianity. It's just religious confessionalism or conservatism. Or some people say, well, if we love God and obey his commands, that's enough. Because frankly, you know, I've tried a few churches and Christians are pretty difficult people. So I'm just going to get on with my prayers at home and I'll do my best to obey the word of God but I don't need to go to church. Well, that won't do, will it? John says, if anyone says I love God yet hates his brother, he's a liar. That's rather more bold than I would have dared to put it but it's true. If we don't love our brothers who we have seen. How can we say we love God who we haven't seen? No, there's a sort of arrogance and again a religious conservatism that's there that says I love God and I love the Bible but I can't be doing with Christians. That's not Christianity. And there are some people who try to soar off the third leg. And they say, well I love God and, and I love Christians but actually the Bible's just too difficult. And some of what it says is so unacceptable in our world today and they end up just drifting along with the world's moral currents, that's not Christianity either now if we're going to be Christians we need to hold together that God loves us, that's the bedrock upon which we stand and Jesus shows it at the cross and then we respond to that in love, love for him that grows in heart and soul and mind love for each other that puts it into practice, love for his word where we surrender ourselves as Jesus did to be our Father's disciples. Shall we pray that we would have that kind of love in our church and in our hearts today. Heavenly Father, we rejoice and depend upon utterly the, the fact that you are love. That though I am full of darkness, now there is nothing good in me. If these people could see what I was really like, I would wonder at my audacity in standing in this church building and yet you've loved us you've loved us as we are and you've cleansed us and purified us and taken away our sins lord please may we live in your love and bask in your grace and depend and rely on the love you have for us father please would you bring from that real love real love from our hearts, real love in all of our lives, real love in our minds, real love for one another, real love that is submission to and obedience to the Word of God. Father, please, may your love be known here like that today and always. We ask this
0: in Jesus' precious name. Amen.